morning. Tēnā koutou katoa. Ko Taranaki te maunga, ko Waingongaroa, me Waitara na awa. Ko Aote me Tokamaru, na waka. Ko Kahu me Natirahiri, na hapu. Ko Aotearoa me Owai Namurai, ko Naruaheni me Tiatiawa na iwi. Ko Faipoesia hau. Nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Well, as I mentioned, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm Faye, and I'm married to Jose. Um, we have three adult children, Tanya, Clinton and Hadley, all married and wonderf with wonderful partners. The Lord's really blessed us with uh, beautiful um, in-laws. Tanya and Clinton were 12 and 9 when I met, Hadley, uh, when I met uh, Jose. Hadley was born a year and a bit, uh, um, a bit after we were married. We have eight mokopuna grandchildren, aged from 15 months to 31 years old, and we have six mokomoko great-grandchildren, aged from 10 months to eight years old. And we've been members um, here at Massey Community Church for approximately 25 years. As some of you know, Joseph and I never went to church for the first five years of our Christian walk. Instead, we would meet with about 10 other family members and friends who had all given their, who had all given their hearts to the Lord around the same time as, as us. Whew, settle. We learned about Jesus through letters written to us by a man called Neil Riley, who lived in Invercargill. His letters would arrive every week, usually the day before our group would gather to share about how God was working in our lives. The reason why we didn't go to church for five years is because it didn't matter what church we tended to go to, we did try. But um, yeah, it, the, the, it was, we, we just felt very looked down on, so hence we, we went into home group. Every, every three months, he and Arthur Taylor would, brought, would um, oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Every three months, he and Arthur Taylor, who brought me to the Lord, would bring a group of uh, musicians from Invercargill to Auckland to teach us about the Lord and the importance of the Holy Spirit and worship. It was through their teachings, particularly in the first few years of asking the Lord into our hearts, that we learnt about and experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. About three weeks ago, the Holy Spirit directed me to a folder of letters I had in my office at home. I knew as I pulled them out of the cupboard that I was to speak to them this morning, highlighting the importance of the Holy Spirit in my story that led me to Jesus. They are the same letters I mentioned earlier that taught me and Joseph about Jesus. And I hope you will appreciate, I can't read them all, but I can, I've picked one that I want to share this morning. I think though before I start, it would be good to give those of you who don't know me a bit of background to how I became Christ-led. 
Over three decades ago, before I met Jose, my home was burnt to the ground from my partner at the time. The night of the fire, I heard a voice within me tell me to pack up my children and flee. I was not a Christian at the time. In fact, I didn't believe. I knew, though, that I had to act on that voice I heard. Within 30 minutes of fleeing my home, it was burnt to the ground. I spent a good three years after the fire trying to find out where that voice came from. I have to say, I never once thought it came from God. I always believed that you, that you had to be clean to know him. And I also felt that if God was real, he would have intervened in my life and stopped the cycle of violence and trauma that was taking me out. One night, some years later, and after deciding to enter the spiritualist church in Mount Albert, I answered a knock at my door. There was a guy standing there, full moko, dread, full facial moko, dreadlocks down to his backside. He was about six foot four inches in height, dressed in black leathers, and he introduced himself as Arthur Taylor. He told me that three days prior to Three days prior, he had 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 a visit from the Spirit of the Lord who instructed him to travel from his address in Invercargill to my address in West Auckland and deliver his message. And his message was that God loved me with an everlasting love. When Arthur spoke those words to me, I knew, I knew it was the truth because the message I heard on the night of the fire to pack up my children and flee was re received with the same knowing and feeling that consumed me and convinced me that it was real. At 5.30 the following morning, after listening through the night about stories of Jesus from Arthur, I asked the Lord into my life. When Arthur went back, When Arthur went back to Invercargill a week later and after ministering to others who also gave their hearts to the Lord, he spoke to a minister of, of the Presbyterian Church in Invercargill, Neil Riley, and told him how the Spirit of God directed him to my place to give me a message from the Lord. He also shared of the people who had who who were saved through that visit. After listening to his testimony of Christ and his after listening to a testimony of Christ in his life, they are the people I mentioned earlier who were part of our home group. Neil, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, committed to visit us with Arthur. After the, after their visit, they committed to come every three months and minister into our lives, providing in-depth teachings of the Lord. This is one of his first letters to us that we received after their first visit. I have had to break it down to, to fit the time allotted to me this morning, but I am pretty sure you will all understand the teaching method that was taught to us. Sorry, guys. I'm just overcome with emotion. Dear Joe's Faye and sisters, greeting folks. Trust you are well and enjoying Jesus. 
what a good God he is. We are still giving thanks for the souls saved and families reconciled. What a blessing for all concerned. I believe that the Lord established you on a good foundation in terms of hearing his voice and knowing him. But you also need to hear him confirm his word through the written, through the written word, the Bible. I believe it is a good thing to try and read as much as you can. I followed a system in my first year as a Christian. I read, I read the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. It gave me a good overview of what Dad had to say to his people. There is a saying which I believe, which I believe contains truth. If you have the word, the Bible, without the spirit, you, you dry up. If you have the spirit without the word, you blow up. If you have the spirit and the word, you grow up. It is scary to make laws about prayer and Bible study. The Holy Spirit is not a legalist. He is to be obeyed. And Christians have found through experience that it's good to spend time with Dad at the, at the start of the day in order to give him quality time to encourage, teach, and prepare us. It may be a, a battle at times as the enemy seeks to distract us with children waking early, TV news, tiredness, etc., etc. But try to find out what pleases the Lord and do that. Daniel, a very busy administrator of Babylon, prayed three times a day. King David praised God seven times a day. It's hard to backslide to get complacent when you set your heart to please him and be that disciplined. Remember, never be self-disciplined out of a sense of duty, but always out of desire. I enjoyed, we I enjoyed weeks of long-distance uh, running and training in the, in the heat, the rain, the hail, not because someone made me, but because I wanted to run a half marathon. The Apostle Paul often compared the Christian life to being an athlete or a sports person because the, the goals, discipline, desire, and difficulties were similar. Anyone can last the short sprint, but God wants us to be marathon runners who can endure, the, endure, and who can endure last the distance and run some more um, after that if need, it, if need be. The Christian walk is something of an obstacle course. At times it seems like the devil himself is standing before us, but God is in charge of all things. Our Heavenly Father, Dad, our Heavenly Dad never tempts us, but he does test our hearts and makes us aware of our motives, and he is teaching us to be overcomers by teaching us to fight the good fight of faith. Remember Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The only way we get right with God is by accepting what God did for us through, in Christ and then by obeying him. That's easy and freeing. We just have to love God, do what he says and love one another. Simple, isn't it? Sadly, it's too simple for, for, for most Christians who seem to delight in creating laws for others. There are no formulas for success when we become Christians. We enter into a love relationship with Jesus. And what counts is loving one another and being controlled by the Spirit. Read Galatians 5, 13 to 26. 
How are your gatherings going? It's important when you gather that you invite the Holy Spirit to be present so that he can guide your time and reveal Jesus to you. He will teach you, guide you, and warn you. Above all, he'll make Jesus real and dear to you. Most Christians, when they meet, feel the need of a leader, but it isn't, it isn't necessary. The Holy Spirit will prompt one to sing a song, another to share a scripture, another some thoughts the Lord has taught him or her, and so on. Always, when you meet, be available and be flexible. The naturally quiet ones need to share more. The naturally talkative ones need to share less. Our prayer should be, Lord, what do you want me to say and when? The exciting thing is discovering others have, have been receiving similar truths. And so we encourage and build one another up. Jesus wants you folk to live as mature and responsive and active disciples. You folk can hear the Holy Spirit as well as any other believer in New Zealand, and in fact in the whole world. Trust him, always be open to hearing God through others, but always take it back to the Lord and let him confirm or reject it. I trust my letter may answer any questions or challenges you may have encountered. May you continue to know Jesus' sweet fellowship and love as you grow in love and yieldedness to him and one another. You are all on a voyage of adventure and discovery. At the time I asked Jesus into my life, I was heavily reliant on marijuana and speed to manage daily torment, derogatory thoughts, and feelings of worthlessness and low self-esteem. I didn't trust anybody back then, including myself. Today I recognise that I was a high-functioning addict managing intergenerational and historical abuse and trauma. The Holy Spirit was very influential in mine and Joseph's life. I can testify to the teachings of the Holy Spirit as, as being the foundations of my life today. Learning to trust love, learning to trust love, respect, care for myself and others were some of the teachings and values the Holy Spirit taught me. My awareness and understanding of spiritual warfare were one of the of one of the earliest learnings. I remember when Joseph and I became Christians, it was like our home was a battleground. We wanted so much to change our lives and do good, but every day we would find ourselves in conflict with each other. It didn't take us long to realize, though, through the help of Neil's letters, that we were being subjected to spiritual warfare. One day after a huge argument with Joseph, the Holy Spirit gifted me a revelation of two camps good camp in the bad camp, or the right camp in the corrupt camp. I was able to identify that for most of my life I had lived in the corrupt camp. It was there most people who were broken, it was, it was where most people who were broken, downtrodden, addicted, and hurt lived. The Holy Spirit showed me that the leader of this camp wasn't happy that Joseph and I were building a bridge that would provide us a strong foundation for the right camp. 
hence the constant fighting and dramas. When I saw this, it made absolute sense to me. Over the years, I've shared this with many of my clients. It helped me and Joe then, and it continues to help others today. Acts 1, 8 states, But you will receive power when, a whole, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end, ends of the earth. The morning that I shared, the morning that I asked Jesus into my heart, I said to him, Lord, if you're real, then you can fix me. If there's anything that needs to come out of me, tip me upside down and shake me out. I went to bed that night and the next thing I felt was my body go rigid. I was lying straight out in my bed and my mouth was pulled wide open. I could feel this rumbling in the lower part of my stomach. It was like something was trying to wedge out. This branch started to come out of my mouth. It had all these other branches. It had all these other branches. I was wide awake watching this. I could feel every movement, everything that was happening from the lower part of my body, of my stomach, all the way through. All these branches came out, but they were hanging with names like deceit, addiction, rage, violence, hatred, jealousy, shame, guilt, and so forth. The whole thing was reaching the ceiling and curling over. And then finally the root of all of that came out. And I've never tasted something so foul and so disgusting. I spent two hours after that in the bathroom washing my mouth out. Whatever happened that night, I know something got out of me. I know it has had a huge part to play in what I do today. I also know that the Holy Spirit was present and I also know that my lived experience of that night happens in the Spirit and yet I got to experience it and feel, and feel that healing process. The intangible was made real for me. The first mention of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is, is in Jesus. One, two, the verse describes the spirit of God hovering over the waters as the dawn of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I absolutely know that on that night when the branch came out of me, that the Spirit of God was hovering over me. Another verse from the Old Testament is Exodus 35.30. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen, chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills. Galatians 5:13 to 26 reads 
You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, for you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I can honestly say that becoming a follower of Christ hasn't been easy, but I wouldn't change any of my lived experiences. I remember when the Spirit of the Lord called me to go back to study in my mid-30s, I was terrified. I had little education growing up and left school two months into high school because I didn't understand what the teachers were saying. I couldn't read, and I, wasn't limit and I was limited in my use of words. I remember the Holy Spirit saying, Just trust me, I will bring you through, for where I am sending you, you, re you will require the qualifications. When I graduated my papers in counselling, I was on the only person in class of 23 that graduated with merit. The Lord was faithful throughout the four years of my study, it was the same when he called me to do my master's. I graduated with honours. None of it was easy, but he kept his word. He put people alongside me, and he opened doors, and I believe would, that I believe would never have happened had it not been for him. Acts 2, 1 to 4 reads, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak to others and began to speak in others in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, this was exactly how our home group operated for five years. We had such in-depth teaching from the Holy Spirit. There was never any doubt in my mind that the Spirit of God was establishing a solid foundation of Christ in our lives. 
Joseph and I were reflecting the other day how that foundation is as strong today as it was back then. No one will ever convince me or him that the Lord Jesus Christ is not real. He is very real. One of the key things I have learned in my walk is that the Holy Spirit is respectful, courteous, well-mannered. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit waits to be invited into all the different aspects of our lives. The Holy Spirit will not intrude or interrupt unless there is an invitation to come in. I believe this piece of my message this morning is spoken in order for it to be received. Last year, Libby and I travelled north to present at the Celebrate Recovery Program that Angela Dean leads in Kerry Kerry. While waiting to start the while waiting to start, the Holy Spirit prompted me to tell the, tell the participants that the Holy Spirit is waiting for, for them to call out to him and invite him into their lives. Call out to me, he said, and hear what I have to say. The message was so strong and clear that I couldn't hold back. My heart was pounding and I was overwhelmed with emotions. You know what everyone in that room that night knew it was genuine. They felt exactly what I felt, and they knew the Holy Spirit was in the room. Acts 11, 15, 17 reads, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the, the same gift, he gave us who believed to the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? I want to end this morning with a story of a person who has given me permission to share. She's one of the hardest people I've ever worked with. One day I said to her, look, I know you are not interested in talking about anything to do with the Lord and I know you don't believe or have any interest in things spiritual but honestly I am at my wits end just as you are I know you want to come I know you want to come away from the lifestyle you live and I know you are tired exhausted putting up this front every single day so people can't see you so I have a proposition for you you have nothing to lose by trying it and you can do it in the privacy of your room so no one will ever know unless you tell them. She responds with if this and if that, and then she says, what, what, what do you want me to do? What, what do I need to do? And I said, when you go to bed tonight, ask the Lord if you are real, and then, sh and, and to sh and, sh and then show me. Ask the, Lord if, ask the Lord if you are real, then show me. I said, you can argue all you want, but actually you have nothing to lose. The next morning I received a call from her and she, she said, Faye, I need to see you. I need to come in and talk to you. I said to her, why? I saw you yesterday. She said, I just need to come in and talk to you, please. So I, I, I asked her to come in on my lunch break. When she came to the door, I never recognised her. Everything hard about her disappeared. 
And she said to me, Faye, God is real. I know he's real because he visited me last night. I asked him, I called out to him, I did what you asked. And she said, within minutes, I, I just felt overcome with such a peace and love. She said, I never ever thought that that was possible. That was a few months ago. Today, she has absolutely transformed her life. She's soft and gentle and has a heart filled with love and peace. And I believe the Spirit of God meets with her daily and is doing with her what he did with me. I hope my story that led me to Jesus through the teachings of the Holy Spirit has blessed you this morning. Thank you.